0: This is your weekly podcast with two brown people discussing technology and other culture, events, things about culture, the latest brands, mainly just brands, I guess. Yeah. I am your host, Christian Colacho and with um, me today
1: is Sadiq Safe, and we're starting off with our favorite social media company of the year, uh, Facebook, of course, and how Facebook uh drives traffic to sites really or how traffic is sort of like uh, it's siloed through facebook as facebook is sort of like its own content generation system now with instant articles can you can you tell us a bit about instant articles question
0: well um sure so as you guys remember, last week we had a, we were talking about we did a general overview of all of our favorite companies, right? And we just and P's we, we left Facebook because we want to drive this into a lar- broader discussion discussion on the publishing industry. Right. But to start off, though, so Facebook recently lost an instant articles, which is essentially them saying the mobile web sucks. So we're just going to build in our own version of the web that you guys can put your articles in. So imagine like an RSS reader. Mm-hmm with each RSS feed being only able to be read in that specific reader. Right.
1: So it's like basically proprietary content.
0: Well, I mean, it's, not, it's proprietary in a sense where, it's built using web technologies, right? So I mean, there's right. still web in it. It's just like a really limited HTML sandbox.
1: Right. So it's essentially like, they want you to stay on Facebook, so, They don't want you to leave the Facebook ecosystem because when you're in the Facebook ecosystem, they can get all all the metrics, all the data from tracking beacons, right? So you can have all kinds of stuff going through it. Because once you leave Facebook, the data is no longer in Facebook's hands. So Exactly. (laughs) So when are we talking about new media and sort of Moving on from Facebook to our to the best news site on the web right now, Buzzfeed, and their new All media right. strategy. Can you tell? I actually do not read Buzzfeed in any way, shape, or form. All right, so
0: so right before we leave Facebook, though, it's the whole entire idea here is Facebook is that. They're important for publishers because they essentially, right, they drive traffic. And if you are a publisher, you need to be on Facebook or otherwise your articles are not read. Because the click-through rate from Facebook is much higher than Twitter right. or you know, social media sites. Right. But BuzzFeed specifically takes advantage of this. Because, say, for example, their videos, mm-hmm. they have a video player on YouTube. They have their own in-house video player on their, um, on their own website. And then sure. they post all their, art, their videos to Facebook as well. Right. So it's that sort of you post the content where the users are and you don't make it. It's like, it's just like it changes the the thinking from our users will come to us for our content and mm-hmm. it changes it from that to we just throw the content wherever the users are.
1: Right. So so it's sort of like the hyperlinks are not really like people don't want to click through and leave Facebook. So they so they just put the video there so people don't even have to open a new tab with, with the content. It's all, exactly. all there, right?
0: So to sound like a to sound like a valley egghead, hyperlinks are no longer like the currency of the web. Right? It's <laughs> shares. <laughs> shares are not the currency of the web because that's shares and likes. Shares and likes, the hearts and faves and reblogs. Those are all, that's the real currency. That's what you want in order to become popular. It's like having a hyperlink doesn't even matter. Like say, like most, you don't need to have a website these days in order to become successful. All you need is just a a brand presence somewhere on the web.
1: So, like, a Twitter account or, like, a Facebook account.
0: Exactly. But, though, this changes how advertising works, right? Exactly. Because because of how these people aren't directly going to their favorite sites. People aren't going to – people aren't going to uh, – they're not clicking on ads as much because of mobile and size right. constraints. Right. It's uh, essentially led up to the rise of native advertising. Oh, man. And, and – it's like it's a mix of native advertising and people throwing way more ads on their pages than they should. Like, for example, selling out front page ads. So before you even scroll the page, they're using an ad the first thing before any content. Mm-hmm. It's prioritized ads instead of because beforehand it was the uh, you just had it in a three by two box somewhere right. on your page. Just and Google usually ad.
1: usually on the sidebars, not um, not in between the content, as it is common now they used to put it on the sidebar, so you could still read the content and these ads would be on the sidebar. And they used to be like Google AdSense ads with like plain text, now it's like, uh, like It's huge full bleed
0: images. Yeah. yeah. For, on Android Central, they have a, when usually it's like the background of the page is an ad and Mm. the header of the page is an ad as well. Right. And then you have native advertising. As I was saying earlier, which is when you work with uh, advertising firms in order to build content.
1: See, I uh, uh, native the problem with native advertising is it's it's hiding itself in plain sight. It's not
0: really hiding itself, is it? Most places yes, say yes. sponsored people, by provided by this.
1: People, when they're like, you know, when you have normal ads where you have banners and. Uh, side banners and banners in between the articles and t- uh, header banners people know those are ads but with with native advertising like it, they, they'll tell you it's an ad but it's like in like a small font at the top of the article which nobody's going to read
0: but here's the important question though if the ad is uh, if the native ad is the, if the article is of good content, it's good quality and you're aware of whatever bias it is coming into it is it such a bad thing like say for example mm-hmm. someone a uh, company that produces solar panels pushes a report uh, downing or the work of the authors on a report uh, put saying that you know greenhouse gases are bad and climate change this if it, it does it still lose some of the informativeness of it if you're just if just because it's sponsored by someone
1: um yes I, I would say that is like a that would that would be like something that would ethically wrong maybe something about is
0: it ethically wrong if you're informing readers of who is who's uh, helping you to publish a study beforehand because all the time you have corporate funded uh, science studies all and their science labs are funded by corporate departments or corporations is it it's it's, uh, you're assuming here that people aren't gonna that they're trying to hide who it is because you go to the new york times right or you go to the verge and whenever they have sponsored content the article looks different it says it has the company's logo right below the head, the title of the article, right, right. and and there's disclosures. Like, say for example, if Comcast was to help uh, with a Verge article, there'd be a disclosure at the bottom that says uh, Comcast Ventures is a partner in uh, funding the v- Vox Media or whatever it is, right? Right. So,
1: is it that horrible? Um, it makes the web like sort of more annoying browse like so if you're trying to find an article on something it used and your search results bring up a sponsored article and that's that's not it's not very helpful or that's not you have to go search it uh, for another article that's what i that's how i feel about native advertising it's just very insidious it's everywhere these days and it's becoming more popular which is just not i don't like it at all not i I
0: just i just agree i think that native art and advertising can have value when it's uh when it's done correctly and everything is made clear which for which most of the major sites do like buzzfeed for example they have a banner right below him that says partnered with dove or sponsored by dove or whatever if they're doing one on say for example women's beauty and how empowerment and that kind of stuff like so i don't see where's i don't see how there's that big of an issue if you just if it's made clear to the reader We can just assume, I assume that people are smart. I assume that people who are reading your site can think for themselves and that they can make an opinion based off of whoever is sponsoring the article. Right. If you're having BP sponsor a uh, climate change isn't real, buy some more gas article, then I mean, it's, is it really,
1: is it, is it really what? Is it, it, it's biased Yeah, everybody would probably It's biased,
0: but the bias is clear. We're assuming. I think the. I think the, the. argument here is that you're trying to assume that our, that these that new media should be unbiased.
1: No, no. See, the thing is, there's a difference between editorial pieces and, um, quote unquote, factual, objective, facts presented to you as via native advertising. Is it? Is there a difference anymore? between editorials where it's it's an author's opinion on something versus a sort of a, like a investigative journalism or like sort of like a fact maybe of climate change for that matter is it
0: well so what's the difference between a, a report that says sponsored by bp and one that says that has an editorial sticker on it and they're both denouncing climate change right like where's the difference There, they're both the same and you should both take them in the same cadence as you take other
1: reports if- if the for the uh, for the one that just has the editorial mark on it, and it, it, we assume that it's the opinion of the author and not a, a factual article, like it's it's an opinion piece. That's what editorial means. I know, so, but
0: you're, you're assuming that you're assuming that native advertising that those pieces of content are trying to masquerade the fact that they're not ads. When most sites clearly put the fact place down that they're ads.
1: I'm still not a fan. Even if, even if it's clearly marked, it's just... Uh.
0: Okay, let's flip it over, then. Let's go to uh, YouTube videos. YouTube videos are sponsored by a specific person. How, how do you feel about those? Because those are also content that are being funded by specific companies. Yes,
1: I'm aware of that, yeah.
0: Say, for example, someone, someone like uh, MKBHD gets a review unit from yeah. OnePlus, and they're like, hey, test out the camera. Right. And he says positive things about it. How yeah, do you...
1: He says positive things about it. Does he put a disclaimer on it? Does he put it like, it's not a review. It's uh, it was given to me by uh one plus. Exactly. For-
0: and these are what these, and these are what these sites do this is what the New York Times does. Whenever they partner with a brand in order to uh, build a, to build a report.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't, I don't see how one, just these ones in text and ones in a video. I don't see how they're that, that different.
1: Well, that, it's, it's a
0: necessary <laughs> evil. People got to eat.
1: Speaking of people got to eat, um, we should so probably, probably talk about Safari's anti-people-eating device, uh, content blockers, obviously.
0: Content blockers, for those who don't know, um, it blocks scripts and ads and other third-party sources from right. being loaded while you're loading a web page.
1: Right, so that includes things like Tracking beacons, um, uh, social media buttons, things like Google ads, Analytics, Google Analytics, any kind of other uh, ads. It, most people use it to block ads for the and most JavaScript
0: part. And JavaScript, though, also too bad bad scripts that make your page hang. Those mm-hmm. are also blocked through it. So for. The, there's a recent debacle about this because uh, it started with John Gruber, as, as most things tend to do. As most <laughs> things tend to do, it somehow started with John Gruber. Of and course. John Gruber runs mm-hmm. Daring Fireball, and he was uh, he linked to a piece on someone pointing out iMAR, and iMAR is a Mobile Nation site. Mobile Nation runs uh, Windows Central and Android Central.
1: Android so, Central, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And as, as I was leading to beforehand with how they do their ads, those sites are agrariously known for just over the top advertising. Over, to-
1: over the top advertising and ridiculous really header sizes for the site design, which is another pet fee, but that's that's for another day. Okay, so, <laughs>
0: and actually, I want to open this piece to get the exact numbers. Let's get this correct. How many uh, content sources were loaded from Imor? All right. It, it says was, 38, 38
1: third party scripts.
0: 38 So 38 individual. Uh, third-party scripts. So right. Google, Amazon, Twitter buttons, Facebook buttons, other trackers, other mm-hmm. analytics. Uh, even though so it's not all. Like, don't assume all trackers are bad. Because you also have a Cloudflare for keeping your website up and someone tries to DDoS it. They also have a tracker that's implemented. So it's right. not like, I'm not saying here all trackers are terrible. No, I'm
1: not, it's just that there's so many. You you have so many third-party cl- scripts Are you loading. And they're loading in the background and you, and you don't know about it unless unless you look into it
0: right yeah and the and what's more what i disagree with is the where he complains about how big the web page is the mm-hmm. webpage page is 14 meg's. right and oh. he, he places down a uh disclaimer saying that the same article that the the one that we're having linked to in the uh, show notes mm-hmm. which you can find at two shades of brown.com it's a right. uh, web page is from 125 to 175 kilobits right so it is a huge difference but i mean i need to talk about this web page sizes because it's it's you you're gonna have a different size if you load it on a phone if you load it versus loading it on a desktop because,
1: of course. Here's, yeah.
0: because yeah. on a on a desktop you have a huge performance budget. You can blow it right when you load a page, you can load all the scripts, all the ad networks, everything. And mm-hmm. when you're on mobile, because you don't want jank, you don't want uh, jaggy scrolling and janky scrolling and all that right. stuff, you do deferred loading for a lot of stuff. So when you first load the page, you would load the text and all that. And then images would come by afterwards. Mind you, images are also scaled to for the device. So if you're on the desktop, you're gonna have a higher quality image versus a mobile, because of the differences in screen sizes and all that. You don't need to have the same quality images in order to make it look good. And a lot of JavaScript stuff are not loaded. So say for example, on the Verge, back when they had comments, comments would be loaded once you scrolled there on mobile, and they load by default on desktop. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that's what I'm saying here. So the entire page wouldn't load. So right. it's, 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 false. It's you can't like a 14 megabyte think, page on your desktop. I think
1: people, people are missing the overall uh, sort of, there's a sort of bias on these articles where you, people are on very fast connections and they're complaining about um, 14 megabyte pages where uh, p- people are using desktops even. Um, on slow, much slower connections with much higher latency. So people using um, slower DSL or satellite internet, or just maybe they're maybe they're in somewhere where they're just far away from all where the servers are. So their latency is horrible and they're loading.
0: This is like a solved problem on the web, though. You have the text, you have the site, you have different. You prioritize uh, different parts of the web, right? right. Page, right so you have text and the structure of the page load first so you can right. read the article and then images are like the last thing to load right before yeah. that is a hierarchy of things so it's not it's a solved problem that big websites pages is and slow loading connections okay. right
1: what about people uh, on mobile where you're loading um, scripts how much does that affect your uh, bandwidth coda for those people who are on uh, Um, So so in Safari
0: and Chrome, I believe, and maybe Internet Explorer mobile, they all support having uh, loading compressed files. You send compressed files to mobile, and those are unzipped for scripts in that.
1: Right. I I mean, on mobile, it's like loading so many scripts, is it?
0: Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying you should really, you should, the the mobile web is slow because a lot of these web apps... like so you have a lot of developers who it's just so much jQuery that's <laughs> really what it is it's just it's unneeded javascript it's it's, it's, it's the main problem are these frameworks there you have web frameworks that make it easier to build stuff but the performance overhead from using these frameworks is outrageous mm-hmm. like for example polymer right. polymer is a uh, google's own material design web framework mm-hmm. and what they're it uses paper elements, and it's, it's a whole bunch of weird code names for it, but so that has terrible performance on Internet Explorer because they optimize it for WebKit-based and Blink-based browsers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, the issue here is that they're they're not thinking from a global perspective. They're thinking from, oh, hey, I have this Samsung Galaxy phone, or I have a Nexus 5 running the latest version of Chrome, right. where I can use all these fancy web elements. Mm-hmm where there's a bigger performance budget, right?
1: Right. Uh, I mean, the article on The Verge about the mobile web being terrible, and it's just, uh, the article is blaming Apple for uh, having like a terrible web platform it's, on their it's, phones. I mean it's
0: it's a it's a mixture of both, right? So you have because load Facebook.com up on your phone right now and that web app is smooth. There is a no jank in there. It works perfectly. You have all the functions of it. It's not jarring it. Things are things are where they should be post work fine. And it's fully featured, right? Yeah. And it works and there's no problems with it. But so it's a mixture of web developers just doing bad things and web browser and also Apple. Apple does have a problem where they Safari on iOS isn't as up to date with standards-wise as it probably should be compared to Chrome and Firefox. And App- you can't and you can't and they have a monopoly, right? On web like, browsers on yes, iOS. Yes,
1: Because so, there's, there's you cannot you have to use the engine, the WebKit engine. Though fun fact,
0: Windows Phone also has the same limitation. Android is the only platform that allows you to use to have apps that can run their own code. It's well, like downloading other sources.
1: Mm-hmm. Most people on are most people on Android using alternate browsers. They're probably using Chrome. So I think. Well, I mean, a lot of
0: devices either ship with the stock Android browser, which coming with Lollipop, right, is using is, the, is, is it's Chrome, Chrome based. Yeah. So, yeah. Or they're using Chrome. I don't think anyone really uses Firefox. And, and then you have those those nerds who use a Dolphin.
1: Dolphin, there's there's a bunch of alternate browsers, but I'm I'm not sure which engines they use in the background. That's what I'm
0: curious. Some of them might just be wrappers around the web web view and others Mm -hmm. ones might be using their own. But the point being, though, is that it's a mixture of browser vendors not uh, optimizing well enough and web developers not optimizing well enough. Because you have to remember, say like with Chrome for Android, that was this that's a full port of the desktop browser. Correct. Correct. So they have to scale that down, and as any as everyone knows. Chrome on, Chrome on desktop is not.
1: <laughs> not it's very, very resource heavy. Um for it just uses a lot of RAM, which com- which is which is something that is at it a premium your, on mobile
0: devices. It eats your RAM, it eats your battery. So like that, there's a struggle as it is to get that running nicely. And even when Safari just isn't up to standards, up to stuff of its standards. So with like Chrome for Android, like you already can assume there's gonna be a little bit of performance hit just because of the mm-hmm. overhead of the browser itself. Right. And then you have our, uh, sites like The Verge, right, that are trying to load scripts and load web uh, images and all that mm-hmm. while you're scrolling, and that just...
1: See, I, I come at it from, uh, like, I I use iOS for those people, for the audience, um, and I use Chrome as, as the browser. And people are like, why are you using Chrome? And I, I would say because I use the sync features where you have, like, the bookmarks and stuff. Um, and it performs okay and if you load a few tabs in you'll no- start to notice the ram problem where um pages will sort of like go into cache and then this they load again from so cache. we should
0: so we should we should note though that chrome on andrew on ios is a completely different beast right right so it's, it's, so like-
1: it's, it's using the WebKit um, because of the iOS restrictions.
0: So it's basically, it's a wrapper around a web view, like a really fancy one. Yes,
1: I use it for the Chrome features, not for its uh, distinctiveness. It's not distinctive enough. But say when I'm on a, a 3G connection, say, because my provider doesn't have LTE, and I'm trying to load a site like the Verge, it is slow uh it's it's partly my provider's 3g being congested and slow but it also is, the pages are ridiculously big site even on mobile it's just a lot of it's slow it's, it's jquery everywhere there's uh all kinds of ads there's you're loading so much crap it's just horrible really browsing the mobile yeah. app is just it's not a pleasant experience
0: I should also note, it. like, it's Verge isn't the only culprit in this, right? No, yeah, no, I'm other, just pointing other, out. yeah. And I mean, I mean, you know, like other like fan sites too. Like, uh, it's it's a popular, uh, yeah, know, popular right uh, uh, TechCrunch uh, is smaller. Like a lot of the Engadget and TechCrunch aren't as bad, but like Android Central, Windows Central, those ones are all bad. Mobile Nation sites, Fox Media sites, and um, Gawker sites are also.
1: I, I I don't like Gawker, but that's a different story, but. Yeah, I'm saying most sites these days. I, one good example of a site that's done well on mobile is uh, Ars Technica. If you load their uh, mobile site, it performs fantastic.
0: Well, it's because also, too, they have a separate mobile site and they don't have a desktop one that
1: scales. And no, they have a separate mobile. So It's it's on the same domain, so it's not really a big deal. It's not like m.arstechnica.com. Nobody, nobody should be doing that anymore. Please don't do that. Uh, <laughs>
0: well, just, just don't, 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 don't. Just, just stop. Just no. That's, that's and, all I have to say about. I just noticed our te-
1: Technica doesn't have that many ads. There's two ads on an article, and they're not, not in the article. There are. They also have a paid
0: for membership, though. Yes, they do.
1: They they have a paid for. It's, it's membership
0: different. Form. It's different. Well, I mean, the ad problem is it's just about how they're funded, right? Because it's correct. A lot of the new media sites. Um, not to sound like a valley egghead here, but a lot of the new media sites are venture funded, right? Correct. So you take venture capital. There's an assumption that you're going to grow at the rate you said you were. You're going to meet the valuation, right? So they have to they have to push harder. Uh, our Technica is owned by Condé Nast, I believe, right? Yes, Condé
1: Nast just- is an established uh, company. They have their funding set. They have their business model all in place
0: they also own wired right so it's like there's other, there's yeah. other
1: avenues for revenue and all that it's mm-hmm. so, a fantastic on mobile just just pointing that out
0: I, I i so i use uh so you're gonna you're all gonna yell at me but i'm using internet explorer right now because i'm on windows and i have a windows tablet and a windows phone right and i i, I like battery life so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I like having my tablet it'll last me through the day but even on that it's still it's it's still mostly up to the sites right so like there are still sites that are smooth scrolling smooth uh everything looks right but then when you go to the verge you get choppiness you get all that yes
1: I, I don't why is it choppy why why it shouldn't be choppy this is i have ridiculous amounts of hardware power on my desktop a website it should be the last day that should be choppy
0: especially too when you have uh the, my favorite part is when like the javascript breaks because they don't test for your browser and so the, it starts jumping from the page like you click to load the comments and it goes back up to the top of the page
1: right that's just i feel like the verge sort of needs an overhaul in some ways in performance. basically
0: basically if you guys don't if some of you might be young but remember engadget from back in 2010 <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> that remember how we used that as a site? That was the one that we tested, right? Yeah. Like every time you install a new version of a web browser, does it scroll end gadget smoothly? Yep. Okay. Then this browser, it's good. Every other, it should handle every other site like a pro. Mm-hmm. That was like my litmus test for every new version of Firefox mm-hmm. back when I was on Linux. It was like does end gadget work? End gadget works. We're down.
1: Uh, I, the thing is we shouldn't we shouldn't really be using bad sites as as a benchmark for our browser performance. Well maybe,
0: but what do you use? Test? Because if you use JavaScript tests, right? Those those don't really improve the performance of say going to Amazon or Facebook, browser vendors oh, are just optimize for the yeah, test. Amazon,
1: have you ever geez, Amazon loads that's some weird Ajax or jQuery stuff. It's just weird. It just reloads the page like 100 times a second. It's really weird sometimes. Have you noticed this behavior? It's really strange. I use Amazon. the
0: Amazon app. I don't use their web page on mobile. Are you talking about on
1: desktop? On, yeah, I'm talking about desktop. Yeah,
0: I'm talking about desktop. So I, they're probably they're running, I don't know. Amazon works fine for me. It's fast. It now. works,
1: but it sometimes does this weird behavior where it's it's reloading the page like 100 times. I, it's just sitting there and reloading the page for no reason. They're probably doing that to check
0: for prices to update the latest price. That's probably yeah. what it is. I, I think so.
1: Yeah, it's we it's, I never use Amazon's mobile site, which is
0: uh, and the the problem is that with the mobile web is that what publishers aren't doing and you have to build for the phone and then scale up you can't build for a desktop and then try to cram it into a phone screen you have to do it the other way around you have to start with a mobile layout right and then you have to work your way up
1: and that okay you have okay the, the size of design has to be coherent so you just build two sites at once so you build a desktop site
0: and uh, well, i mean i see how the verge is doing it like the Verge's design is thought out to be on mobile right they have a right. grid system and you just re- ar- rearrange different parts right. of the grid so it's like a game of, like tetris right you just have to make sure all the pieces fit right <laughs> but it becomes bloated once you start adding in all this other stuff like for um like i want to uh link to a uh this would be a link to a vox media the vox media is a comp- parent company of the verge right they're just playing mobile bankruptcy right like they're, they're aware of
1: this issue yes I, i'm sure the people who work on the site the web developers the back end the front end people they they know that the performance is a problem the pro- <laughs> all, all these people sort of like ranting in about the performance I, like it's it's an issue uh, it's an issue because they have to monetize and they have to keep the site fast which is a hard thing to do because you're adding in scripts as as you're trying to monetize you're adding in trackers you're adding in um all kinds of crap while you're trying to keep the site performant it's just and and
0: especially too you have to it's not even just it's about how you serve it as well right yeah you have to you have to you have to optimize your cdns and all that to make Mm -hmm. sure if they have a good network optimization so you can actually serve it fast to users as well because it might it might not matter on desktop, right? But when it hits the mobile, and once you start hitting those the mobile connections when you're on 3G and slow yep. LTE collections of high latency, it,
1: the problem with mobile connections is um, because mobile connections have very typically have high latency because of the nature of mobile, and on high latency, loading web pages becomes a big pain because of how, how the way uh, TCP works in the background. But it's just slow because of the latency. So on mobile, it's like, on desktop, it's like you're loading the page in one second, but on, on mobile, it's like 2.5 seconds. It's just crazy. And that's why you have the optimization that they do these days with uh, custom JavaScript for multiple form factors, and you have to test for those. I, I'm talking like a web developer. I'm not, I, I don't know shit about web development.
0: But so, you do know you do you are you do love your network so
1: yes i do love, i understand from a network perspective
0: why but even why? from like a web development perspective it's the the issue is now though right it's that it's just easier just to make an app. it's easier just that just to have like a node server somewhere or someone's already written a bunch of nice plugins for serving <laughs> assets like you, you can just like you know just like uh do it in a day just spin up a server on digital ocean or aws or whatever yeah like, it's less work. Like I'm not saying that it's easy. That's harder. Like it's still a challenge to build a great mobile app, right? Right. But you get a lot. You get a higher performance budget, especially on mobile. You get you get higher budgets. You get more room to play around with. Because I mean, still, it's still a pain because you're going to get killed. Like garbage. Like a uh, you can't you can't really make a shitty mobile app, right? And users because are just gonna the app is gonna get killed when you go in the background and users it's gonna be janky and stuff. So there's still work you have to do there. Yeah. But it's yep, still definitely. an easier task than building a great web app.
1: Mm-hmm. So the, the lesson of today is that mobile web apps are hard, and it's hard. But, because but the they're worth it. Apps, the multiple factors, yeah, they're worth it because uh, people are browsing uh, on their mobile devices. It's, it's a cycle, though. Web. We're
0: gonna we're gonna go back to the web. It's like you started with native apps on the desktop, and then the web was a great equalizer, and that's that's how I see it happening on mobile. This whole entire <laughs> industry is just in cycles. Like some people are just gonna start loving web apps again. Are they though? I, I think so. Can we get
1: out of the app mentality on, on, on mobile devices?
0: Yeah, because once I feel like the main the main thing holding it back right now is Apple's monopoly on uh, web browsers, but I, I have a feeling that's going to break,
1: right? that That's not going to last forever. Well, uh, it's, it's the problem is people just, whenever they think, they think mobile devices, they don't think websites, they think. Um, applications but
0: i mean let's let's take a look back to like 1998 when the internet was still this new thing right <laughs> when you thought when you like you you had the internet around like 2000 you still had that but like people were like why would i it's like people, someone's like why, uh doing spreadsheets in the web browser like well, i have excel man yeah and now people are just like oh, i use google docs I, I use google drive i use gmail mm-hmm. like email successfully has moved away from desktop applications entirely
1: well, I could go on about that, but but, but for for the normal people, most right? most people, yes. Um, email email is email is surprisingly probably one of the most popular web apps category, like webmail stuff like Gmail. I think Gmail sort of like pioneered. I mean, there, back in the day, you had stuff like um, Yahoo Mail, which was very popular. Um, Um, When Yahoo Mail first was like a thing, it was not dynamic. The site was, you you would not call it like a web app now, like now. It's just links, it's like hyperlinks. And you just click and it loads a different page. Uh, Whereas with Gmail. Yeah, with Ajax, basically. where With Gmail, you have sort of like a single page app so you you click on something and it loads it doesn't reload the page doesn't go to a different page it just loads in that same page essentially uh, so like
0: that's that's like so bring it back to apple right that's the entire argument about safari being bad because they're not because it's like would you have ajax without without uh, someone innovating on the web and <laughs> then if you have like apple uh, Apple being a little bit lazy, Apple not participating in the developer community and all that, then it, that's where the argument comes up where it's like, uh, Safari is a new internet explorer because of how slow it is for certain things and how it's stifling innovation in some ways.
1: Do you, uh, There's a discussion to be had here. Do Android users prefer using applications over mobile uh, mobile web apps? Because I don't think they do. I thought, I, uh, because on on Android you don't have the Apple problem uh, yeah
0: but also on Android on I mean Android's weird it's like what Android are we talking about are we talking about the the most used Android which is in China and doesn't ship with any Google services and just has like weird AOSP forks are we talking about the one that is Chrome like which let, one are let's we talk about?
1: let's talk about Samsung whatever Samsung releases on their on their latest flagship phones I mean the people it does it it's it's a it, 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 if it was a it doesn't really matter
0: right it, it's, the whole entire point is that it was easy enough to it's easy the easiest way to go somewhere on a phone right is just to tap an icon and the easiest way to do that on mobile on the web right was just to go to a web page mm-hmm. and so i don't think you're going to shift the mentality on mobile from going from just opening a browser and going to websites correct i think you will for some things like say for example amazon like i feel like that's gonna i feel like there's like I think for certain for certain things for communication, I don't think that apps are going to go away. But I do think that for like you don't need an app if you're selling me diapers, right?
1: Correct. So (laughs) so if if we have a storefront, you don't. Yeah,
0: storefronts, storefronts. You don't need apps.
1: But something like say a podcast player, like say Pocket Casts, do you need an app if the if the web app? works properly. You need an screen.
0: icon on the home screen. Right. That, that's what you need. You need an icon. It doesn't, I feel like, see, this is, I think this is how it's going to happen. It doesn't matter, right? We're going to get to the point where the performance budget is going to be so great with web apps that you can just stick a web app on someone's home screen and they're not going to be able to tell the difference and that's when people start switching. I, I think
1: apps. that's what Google is pushing too. Uh, for the latest IO talks about um, blending yeah. in uh, web apps.
0: Especially with, if Android uh, Lollipop or web apps also appear in the tax switcher.
1: Yes. that also, did. that's
0: how it is on Windows Phone as well, too. So Internet Explorer tabs will appear in your recent stack.
1: Mm-hmm. So, hmm So I think iOS is the only one where apps are, like, the big thing still. Is Apple, is is Apple going to change that? I, I don't know.
0: But Maybe. The, I don't think Apple is, but is Apple going to be forced to have to open up their app store a little bit more? I think that's the, I that's think the more, more important question.
1: I don't think that is happening. I don't think they they're
0: don't already. Know. The FTC is already looking into them for their uh,
1: music subscription. Oh yeah, the uh, anti-competitive. Yeah, because they charge thirty
0: percent for Spotify and them, right? But they don't charge thirty percent for the, obviously for their own music service. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that there's gonna be an opening of the app store soon. I feel like that's gonna that's gonna change, and once that changes, you can have real Chrome and real Firefox, and there can be a little more innovation of web apps can start to take off a bit more. I think it's gonna be a slow process because hell, email was in two thousand five. That was <laughs> Ten years of the web, ten years of the web being a thing—more, maybe more than a decade, right? Before G-Bell truly started taking off, it's going to take some time, but it's gonna—it's all going to come back to the web.
1: The web is the equalizer. All right. Exactly. Uh, I think we're coming up on sort of the end of the podcast.
0: Yeah, I think this is a good place—good place to stop. But next week, though. Next week, we're going to talk about why Assassin's Creed is a terrible game.
1: Yes, we will talk about why I play Assassin's Creed and why I love it so much. It's going to be fantastic. All right, then. Uh, See you all later. Thanks for tuning in.